0: okay and um you've been doing a series on thankfulness and and I know this is where we're heading um, and I'm just going to get to the top of my page. I just want to share what what has been going on in, in um in Ootaki. you know we're experiencing uh growth in awtucky uh we're only a little place i mean the population of autucky is probably about six thousand people you know that's 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 Ōtaki and surrounding areas, okay? So we're looking at 6,000 people. Um, On a a Sunday morning, we we started with 15 to 20 people sort of around there. When our family came in, we've got a family of um, seven, because our older son was away. Um, We had a family of seven. The the place just about doubled, okay? And so over time, you know, we have prayed and and interceded, and, and now... Praise God! We are thankful, because God has done a work in the place, and now we have it. Our, our congregation would probably stand at about hundred people in Otaki you know, and it's growing every week. There's people coming in um, every week, but the difference that it's made has not been because of I've been in the pulpit, or you know, we've got Pastor Graham Lee there, or Graham Lee. I tell you what the difference is. Do you want to know the secret to the difference? It's been prayer. Seriously, it's been prayer. You know, as a church, we, we looked at our, our whole program, and, and you, we had a fantastic youth program going and stuff like that. You know, we'd have 45 youth coming on a Friday night and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and we decided, no, we need to focus on prayer. We need to start getting into the place of prayer, because where there is prayer, then there is the power of God to change people's lives. Now, what do you want? What do you want, Equipers Wellington? Do you want to have another service where you just come in and everything, you know, you come in, you're, you're an hour and three quarters uh, older and, and nothing's changed? Or do you want to have the power of God operating in your life where change happens? You see, the difference is that change happens on the inside of people, and you have to get into prayer to actually see that actually start formulating. We have, a, we have an 83, 85-year-old 83, in church, and, and so... Um, a couple of weeks back, it'd be like, uh, it'd be at least two months ago, at least two months. She goes to the doctor, the doctor says, hey, um, I've got some sad news for you, uh, you better go home, pack your bags, get your house in order, because you have about three weeks to live. She came home, you know, you hear that news, that news sinks into your heart and you think, I've got three weeks to live, I'm going to meet my, my saviour. She was happy that she was going, but in the time that she was there at home and and getting everything in order and families around and all that sort of stuff, she had an experience where God came into her room and gave her this peace that passes understanding. And she suddenly realized, no, my job's not finished. I've still got work to do. This is 10 weeks down the track. She's still alive, living, and full of life. In actual fact, on a Wednesday service, we have a Wednesday service which um, we opened up for people who can't get to Sunday, so we have a Wednesday service. Um, She comes in on that Wednesday, and she tells jokes. You know, she gets up there, and she tells jokes that most people wouldn't get away with. But because she's 85, you know, she can get away with stuff. You know, she gets away with stuff and everyone cracks up laughing because it actually relates to her life. And, and I tell you what, it brings such joy to the people. We are so thankful for what happened in her life and what is an ongoing happening in her life. We're so thankful. You know, um, just going back in history a little bit, 2003, um, and I want to share with you guys what I feel Equippers Wellington has as something that you need to be thankful about. 2003, um, uh, God God did something in my life and, and put me on a 40-day fast and stuff like that. Now, I'd never fasted 40 days. You can see me now. I don't fast 40 days now. Okay? And, um, you know, prior to that, I'd been doing three-day and nine-day fasts and stuff like that. Well, supernaturally, I got put on this 40-day fast. And in this 40-day fast, um, I saw... Uh, a place. There was like these all these old buildings, and, and these all these old buildings, and the architecture was absolutely beautiful. It was just, you know, that antique sort of look. And I, and I was looking at that, and I was thinking, wow, that is so beautiful. And I was walking down the street, and I was looking up, and next minute it was like this liquid gold just hit the top of these buildings, and just ran around the top of these buildings, and it was just dropping down like this. And then there was like this booming voice a booming voice that said, the fire has started. And instantly, in that instant, there was just like this blinding light. And it was a light that actually went through my skin and my bones. It searched every part of me. You know, it just felt like it was piercing every part of me. I felt that that was the time to get ready for our move. You know, we were moving somewhere. God had spoken to me when I was in my first year of um, electrical trade, which was... Way back, I mean, I was, I was 22, 23 at the time. I'm now 52, so you can do the maths on that. That shows you how long ago it was. It was a long time. And anyway, um, God said to me when I was in Ipuni, he said, one day I'm gonna, you're going to be down here. One day you're going to be down in this region. I didn't chase that. I didn't follow that. I didn't go after it. I didn't say, oh, God has spoken to me and I need to get down to Wellington because that's where I need to be. I just let it lie. I continued with life. Did my trade. Did other things in life and stuff like that. And then, and then in 2003, I had that vision. 2005, we felt that it was time to move. And we were going to move down to Paraparamu. And we moved down to Paraparamu. I got a job in uh, Radio Rima as an account manager. So my account manager was, uh, my area was from New Plymouth off to, across to Hastings and down to Wellington. And so that was my, my area. So we came down here. We shifted down into Paraparamu. I'm driving in Wellington. Never been to Wellington before. Uh, you know, I'd been once. I, I tell like once I'd been here, and uh, it was Mad Dog Munford. You Remember that guy? Does anyone you know know him? Okay. Well, he was in. He was It was in a church service like this. And we were in Wellington. I thought I'd go along. I'd just. i just come to the things of God. I'd come into a Pentecostal sort of charismatic sort of um, feel, you know. And I rock into a church similar to this, and this guy, Mad Dog Mumford, up, He's got tattoos all over the place, and he's got a cap on, and, and he and he gets up and he goes, Jesus, Jesus and I'm sitting there I'm sitting like in the middle of there and, and he's just saying this for 30 minutes he said Jesus and I thought dear god is he going to say anything else besides Jesus you know is he going to say anything else but the name of Jesus he said Jesus Jesus grabbed his hat, threw it up in the air in a a gratitude of thankfulness for, for he knew where he had come from, and he knew where he was going. So he was in this attitude of thankfulness, and he threw it up in the air. He goes, Jesus, I'm sitting there. I'm resistant to what is happening. You know, he gives an older call. Remember, I have never seen this sort of stuff before. Okay, we, we, got, we got saved uh, by a lady who was a, who was a um, she was a Salvation Army person in the, the Methodist church. She'd, she got saved and then she brought us to Christ and we were sitting in the, in the Salvation Army. So I'm here in this meeting and, and he's calling people out the front. I'm watching as he's laying hands on people. They're dropping like flies, you know, I'm, and I'm standing in this line going, this ain't happening to me. There is no way, and put my foot down, <laughs> you can lay hands on me, you can rub the hair off my head off here, but I am not falling down like that, and people do, 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 do. comes to me, and they, nothing. You see, you can get out of that attitude of thankfulness, out of that attitude and be resistant to the move of God, resistant to what is happening. And I tell you what, when you are resisting the move of the Spirit, you are quenching the gift of God in your own life, and the only person it affects, is you. You know, we've got to stay in that attitude of thankfulness. And so out of that, um, we shifted here in 2005, 2006. And I'm, I'm driving as account manager of, for, um, for Radio Rema. I'm driving down the road. I get, I get on Willis, Willis Street. I'm driving down Willis Street. One-way systems. I mean, I'm from Whangarei. We don't have one-way systems. Okay, one-way systems, what's that? You know, I get into the one-way system, get lost in the one-way system, and and the next minute I pull up, and here is the the buildings that I saw in my dream are on Willis Street, um, Custom Key, and Featherston Street. And I'm seeing this, and I'm thinking, well, if that's my dream, there's got to be something with a clock tower in it, because I could see this clock tower. So I came around, it's a custom house key. And here's this building with this clock down. I said, this is the place. This is the place where God wants to pour out his spirit and create a fresh fire of God on this place in Wellington. Well, if you receive this, this will change your life. God wants to change the face of Wellington. He wants to change it. And so there was that fire of God, and I thought, God, this is absolutely awesome. This is the place that I'm supposed to be. This is the place where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be in this area. I'm supposed to be in this region. You know, as a family, we're supposed to be in this region. So we shifted up, eventually up into a little place called Otaki, you know, where there's 6,000 people in a little wee church, you know, with um, 20, 20 people in it, and we just stayed planted. Pastor Graham Lee comes along and, um, you know, he's been an absolute blessing to us as ministers. He's been an absolute blessing. And through one thing and another, we started praying as a church. How's your prayer life, church? Don't, 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 don't answer that, okay? I'm just saying as a question, how's your prayer life, church? Because we, we, we swapped our, our Friday night service to the young people. Now, I'm not saying do it here, okay, because you've got a great outreach to young people. But we swapped it and we started to go into prayer. We started a prayer meeting on a Wednesday morning before our services. We started a prayer meeting uh, on Sunday morning before our services. We started a prayer meeting on a Thursday afternoon at lunchtime. We started a prayer meeting on Friday afternoon at lunchtime. We started. One guy said, I want to start a prayer meeting. So he started a prayer meeting at 6.15 in the morning. And so what I do is because I'm not in otaki anymore, I'm out in I I text into his prayer meeting. And I text in and I say, I'm here. You know, other people are starting to text into the pre meeting. They want to log into the pre meeting and say, Yeah, we're here. We want to pray for this place. We want to see revival. We want to see the power of God. We want to see God's spirit move in such a way that people's lives are changed. You know, so that's what's been happening. You know, we've had a, a lady just uh, earlier on in the piece and, and she was completely um, crippled shall we say. She was bowed up. She had a big lump on her back. I've never seen this before in my life. Okay, she had a big lump on her back. Her feet were, were turned out. Um, she had one leg shorter than the other one. It was about, the distance was about that much. You know, and she couldn't walk down the stairs. She had to walk sideways when she went down the stairs. So um, she came up one day, not even a Christian. I mean, doesn't even know Jesus. Okay, we're here and um, I don't know who was preaching that day. It might have been Graham, actually. It might have been Graham preaching. Anyway, she says, "Hey, listen, I, I want, I want, to, I want to get prayed for." So we go up, lay hands on her. I see the lump on her back just disappear. She's got knuckles, you know, that are sticking out like this, like knuckles, you know, like you know, when you, you've got arthritis, you've got knuckles that are just like this, you know. And I'm watching as her hands, I'm seeing the knuckles just drop. And I'm going, wow. Like, I'm thinking, dear God, dear Jesus. Look what you're <laughs> This is amazing. You know, it's absolutely amazing. I grab her foot and I'm sitting around the chair. And I says, right. And, and there's a, the lady that brought her is standing beside me. And, and um, we're seeing how short her leg is. And, and, and we just, she prayed as, I, as well as I prayed. We watched her leg just pop out. I mean, not just go, mm, it went bam came out like that and I went no way she walks out of there still doesn't know Jesus still doesn't know Jesus as her Lord and Savior walks out of there going he's healed my hand I can paint I can do stuff that I've never done before you know I can paint repaint again following week she gives her life to Christ you know, these are the things. We, we sing the songs, there is more, there is more, there is more to come. How's the capacity in your life, church? How's the capacity on the inside of you? Have you got the capacity to believe God for the, for the, the abundance of people that want to come in here? Have you got the capacity to believe God that he can do amazing stuff here in Equipers, Wellington? I believe the fire of God is available for you guys. Totally. But it just takes you guys to get serious about the presence of God. Are you serious enough? Are you serious enough? Now, I've been challenging my church, and I've been challenging them with this. And this is what I say to the church. And I say this just in every time that I get up there. Now, at the moment, I'm in children's ministry because we haven't got a children's minister. But I'm in children's ministry teaching the children but I've got good people that are able to bring the word. But every time that I get up to preach, I say to my congregation, I say, listen to this. It looks to me as if these are the last days. It looks to me as if these are the last days. But even if it is not the last days, it certainly is Your last days. These are your last days. You're not going to come back for a second crack at this. You're not going to come back again and God's going to say, yeah, you need to have another crack at this. You're not going to come back and do this again. This is your last days. So are you living it as if it is your last days? Are you in that stage of thankfulness where you see God in his mercy walking out inside of you? His grace and his faithfulness. And if you aren't, then there's a time of prayer and intercession where you can get back to that place. We've, I've been praying for um, revelation, that revelation would flow over our congregation that the power of God would flow over our congregation, that God would breathe by His Spirit, that people would sit in the chairs. And even though I might be speaking or someone could be speaking on, a, on an issue, it could be something totally different that God is speaking to you individually and giving you revelation on something. You see, that's where the Spirit of God works. The Spirit of God works in actually giving you revelation on something that could be totally different. But it's still Him working in your life so that there's newness and there's freshness and the power of God present in your life on a personal basis. We better get into some scripture, eh? I better pray. You've just got that. Sometimes I just go off on on left field there for a bit, you know, and then come back to where I'm supposed to be. I know I've got till 11.15, and um, time certainly goes down. Look at that. I mean, I've I've got 20 minutes to wrap up. I mean, that's just so quick, isn't it, eh? Just so quick. How are you guys on the Word of God? Do you love the Word of God? Okay, I'm hearing, yeah, 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 pastor, yeah, yeah, I love the Word of God. Do you love the Word of God? Yeah, you love the Word of God. I'm, I'm going to, um, we're going to go and look at Ephesians 1. Now first, but before we do that, I want to go into 2 Timothy chapter 3, and um, we'll go into there, and then we end up in Ephesians. I actually want to read um, Ephesians chapter 1 in, out, because in Ephesians chapter 1, There are 22 references in Ephesians chapter 1 alone that says in him, through him, um, by him. This is where you are placed as, as the body of Christ. You are placed in him. That through him, the grace of God has been shown to you. That through that grace, through that mercy, you stand in his presence. You know, you need to meditate on Ephesians chapter one. Just that chapter just gives you a whole sense of thankfulness that can move you and motivate you into a different area. So let's go to 2 Timothy. You have to wait for me to get in there because um, I'm in Ephesians, so 2 Timothy. Chapter three. Remember, I said that if it's not the last days, it certainly is Your last days. Okay, if it's not the last days, it certainly is your last days. This know also in verse one, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, I'm reading out of the King James and then I'll read out of the uh, Holman's Christian Bible. Uh, I'll read it out of that first. But know this, difficult times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And it says this in verse chapter two, unthankful, unholy. Woo, did you get that? That in the last days, men and women will be lovers of themselves. It's all about I. Aren't we living in a time when you look around that it's all about I? It's all about me. It's all about my, what, what I want to do. We're living in a time where, where it's all about my will and not his will. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, I looked at that and I thought, wow, God, you know, there's an association here between being unthankful, and transference into being unholy. How can that be? How can we be unthankful and yet unholy in the same thing? And I I just got a revelation on that the other day, and I thought, wow, that's so cool. You see, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, are we not? The temple of God. Are you the temple of God? Some of you are. Some of you are nodding. The others of you think, well, I need a little bit more work on this temple. Yeah, you're right. So do I. Okay, But when we recognize how important the grace of God working in our life is, we move from this place of being unthankful to thankfulness. And God says, because you're thankful, you're treating my temple as what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your life is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not your own. It has been bought with a price. How's your lifestyle going, church? How's the lifestyle going? Listen, I'm not preaching to you because I'm a pastor and you know, I've been in the ministry for umpteen years. Listen, I've sat in the seats where you sit. I've been in the secular world for a long time. I know what it's like to live a sec, you know, be in the secular world and, and, living, and living your life in that and then coming to church. I know what it's like. I haven't been up here for a long time. Listen, this is only my second year as pastor. But all during my lifestyle, there were choices that I had to make. There were jobs that I had to give up because of what was happening in that job. You see, there was my apprenticeship that I had to, when, when I finished my trade, I stood nine years in, in that trade, and what it was happening, that, in, and I'm just giving you a little bit of an insight of my lifestyle. So in, in, this, in my trade, you know, they used to have a lot of um, pornographic material and stuff on, on the walls and that. Well, in the end, I took them all down, you know, become a Christian. I, to be honest, I was one of the main perpetrators of that, prior to becoming a Christian, so I ripped them all down. I said, "Nah, I'm not having this stuff in my life anymore." How's the temple of the Holy Ghost going? Have you got the, Have you got the actual, you know, the the power inside to actually deal with those things that are actually causing you to trip up? You guys are You guys are hard enough to handle this, eh? Okay. So, my boss decides that he's going to put something up in his office. Now, we had a relationship with one another that was very close. And so I, I'm, I'm talking to him one day, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in front of him, just like I'm looking at you right now. And right behind his head, there's this picture, this picture behind him. And every time I'm talking to him, I'm looking at the thing. And I'm thinking, I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, man. I don't need this stuff. I don't want this stuff in my life. I don't want, as a man, having that stuff bombard me in the mind every day. I had a mortgage, I had a wife to look after, and a child. So I talked to my boss and I said, Hey, listen, can we do something about, about the, the image that you've got behind? Can we shift it behind the door? Can we do anything just so that, so that it's not confronting me every day I come to work? He said, No. No. What do you do in the situation? Do you just let it go by? Say, yeah, no, I can handle it. I'll just cast that thought down. I cast that thought down, cast that image down in the name of Jesus. I said to him, listen, I would really love you to take that, that, that picture and that down. But if you don't, then I'll have to hand him my notice. I didn't have a job to go to. I had mortgage repayments to make. I had, a, I had a family to look after. And he said, fine, do it. You see, I've got to recognize whose I am and make the hard choices so that I can move from one area of blessing and that unholy lifestyle becomes a holy choice in my life so I enter into thankfulness. So one day I gave him three weeks' notice, grabbed my tools, threw them in the car, and had no job to go to. Still had a mortgage to look after. Still had a wife and and two children or one, two, three children, three children to look after at the time. We have now, we've got six, okay? (laughs) We've got six children, okay? Still had that to look after. So God, where are you in this? You see, God will bless you if you live by conviction. But if you live by preference, then God can't bless that lifestyle because you're living by what you prefer rather than conviction on what the Holy Ghost is actually telling you to do. And thankfulness takes you from, from this area over to a different space. You see, I brought, I, how's that time going? We haven't even got into Ephesians chapter one yet, have we? We're going to do something in a minute. I'm going to get the lights to be pulled down shortly. Not yet. Shortly. But I want to show you something. And hopefully this will be an image in your mind. You see, there are hard choices that you have as a man or a woman if you want to make it, if you want to do stuff in the kingdom of God. See, I've waited 30 years for where I'm standing today. It hasn't been a quick rush thing. You know, God has had to deal with me over certain issues of the heart and character traits that I've held you know, inside of me. But I tell you what, when you release those things, you enter into a realm of thankfulness because God deals with the internal structures of the heart and changes them. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1 and then we're going to finish there because then it's just about time in the sense of, you know, where, where we need to go. I do have a, a word for someone. Um, you've got an issue with your shoulder um, and also um, down in your, 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 your arm there, and it actually is affecting uh, your movement of your hands. I want to pray for those people after, but I want you to listen to this. Get into an area of thankfulness. It says this in Ephesians chapter one. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter one out. It's only 22 verses, church, but I tell you what, it's 22 verses of power, Okay. It says paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints which are in wellington to the saints which are in wellington do you realize that you're a saint do you realize that you're a saint That are in Wellington. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Someone shout amen. amen. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. Verse five, he predestined us... To be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself, according to his favor and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, that he favored us in the beloved. Do you realize that you're favored? That God favors you? He calls you part of his beloved? Verse 7, we have redemption in him through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he planned in him. For the administration of the days of fulfillment to bring everything together in the Messiah, both things in heaven and things on earth in him, we have also received an inheritance in him. Predestined according to the purposes of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will. Verse 12. So that we, who had already put our hope in the Messiah, might bring praise to his glory. Are you thankful, church? When you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed in him, you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now that should make someone shout. I mean, that should make someone shout. Woo! He is the down payment. This is talking about the spirit of grace. He is the down payment of our inheritance for the redemption of the possession of the praise of his glory. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Wellington Church, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks. Thanks. For you, as I remember you in my prayers, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you, Wellington Church, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the perception of your mind here in the Wellington Church be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the glorious riches of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us, who believe according to the working of his vast strength. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. You see, God wants to fill you in such a way that, that, that you would reflect his glory, just as the moon reflects the light of the sun. He wants you to fl- reflect the glory of God. Church, the fire has started. You can either run from the furnace or jump in the flames. It's your choice. It's your choice. But when you're in the furnace or the flames, remember, there is always a fourth man. There is always a fourth man. Jesus Christ will come alongside you. You see, in an area of thankfulness, can I get those lights turned down now? This is what happens. see, I've put this headlight on because of the simple reason. Is that glowing yet is? Wherever I look, shines up the light. You see, if I stand in an area of thankfulness, I'm looking to Him for my provision. I'm looking to Him for everything that I require. I'm looking to Him to actually deal with the issues that are inside of my heart. I'm looking to Him to actually do everything that I need. of his love. I'm looking forward at his grace and his mercy and his faithfulness. But sometimes I look back. I look back at the, the temptations, the tests, the trials. And you see, where I look is where I go to, you need to be looking at her. Don't look back at the things that were in your past, or don't look back at what the world holds, you know, as a temptation or a snare to you. Don't look at that stuff, because if you look at that stuff, that's where you will head towards. You need to look to him. Be thankful for every step that you take because his grace will carry you to a new level. You see, it's the light of his glory that shines in the heart of men and women. And he wants you to reflect that glory. You know, if you're dealing with some stuff, is this all right? Dougal, can I just, okay. If there's some stuff that you're having to deal with and you know, you know you're know you looking back, you keep looking back, keep peering over your shoulder. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray the power of God gets a hold of you and that God's Spirit will change you into a different man or woman. Now, if you're tired of, you know, having to deal with those areas that <laughs> they just keep coming up and coming up and coming up. I want to pray for you. They do. We'll pray for you. See the power of God operating in your life. So you'll be free. So you'll be free. Because He who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Because I tell you what, when you're free, you can set other people free. set other people free. And what is it about? It's about you being empowered by the Spirit of God to set people free. And in an area of thankfulness, you keep your eyes on Him and forget about those things that are holding you back. And you say, God, here I am. I thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I thank you for that great grace that you've given me. I thank you for the redeeming blood of Jesus that brought me to this place. You know, church, the fire certainly has started. Are you ready for a fresh, fresh breath of His presence? Or can I get you guys to jump up and sing that song? Because I'll tell you what, that song was just like, whoa, just tore my heart apart. That brand new one that you got. And, um, you know, you're dealing with stuff, you want to be free for a change. You know, you actually want to be free. And also, those, uh, the healing things, okay? I want to pray for you. And a fresh touch of his presence. Okay, God wants to actually fill you up, Wellington and Quippers. So you'll shine the light of his glory in this place. God wants you free.